Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. All right, so talking today, we're talking about persistence or persistent requests is going to equal, it's going to bring to you your prayer requests. And when I was looking up the word persistence, I was thinking of um, what the definition actually, I know Susan, I'm sorry. I've heard very bad things about New York lately that I'm not pleased with either. So definitely praying for you. Um, rumor is our county is going to be optional praying it's true. Yep. It, it, it was, they just have so many other things they're trying to lie about right now, but keep, hey, keep being persistent, guys. Talking about today? Okay. <laughs> so when I was looking up the definition, I was looking at what persistence was, and it's firm or obstinate. Oh my gosh. Hold on one second. Hey guys, I'm in the middle of a broadcast, so please stop blowing up my text messages. Thanks. Your husband. <laughs> um, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of. All right, so this is going to be our key focus of this definition today is in spite of difficulty or opposition. Difficulty or opposition. So we're going to see through the Word of God today how. Your persistence, your persistence, um, it's the foundation of what we need to live by. Our persistence are going to point people to Jesus and our being persistent is going to activate your faith. So those are the things that we're going to see today of how important being persistent is. And for me, it's definitely a key to activating your faith. And we're going to go um, into Matthew for just a minute and Matthew 15, because this is where I really saw it. I mean, there's other stories in the Bible. I know that um, in Luke 18, uh, many of you may know, but it is, uh, you know, the persistent widow. And we know that story. And, you know, <laughs> she keeps wanting justice. And finally, the guy's like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> pretty much in the NLT. He's like, you are annoying me so bad. You're going to get what you want because you're persistent. Well, that, that's what persistent people do. That's what the definition of persistence is. The course of action in spite of. So firm, obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. And I want you to share this broadcast because I feel like um, so many Christians so many times are giving up their rights as, as believers. They're giving up uh, miracles that like on the brink of receiving their miracle, they're giving up so easily because their persistence just gets dwindled down by a bad report, by fear, by not filling themselves up with the word of God. And so that's why it's key that I, I said on there that being persistent is going to equal your your prayer request. It's going to equal your praise report. It, it, I mean, that's what it's going to do. It's going to get what you're asking God for. Um, and so in Matthew 15, we see, I'm going to start with verse 21, and it's the faith of a Gentile woman. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, or Sidon. A Gentile woman 
Now that's going to be a key uh, word, a key factor in this story. Hold on one second. I'm put this on. Do not disturb because oh, these people. I can't even get my thing to come down now. Take my watch off. <laughs> I'm gonna get the do not disturb thing to come down. All right. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman, key right there, who lived there, came to him pleading. All right. So you have a mom which, you know, many of you that are watching have children or you're taking care of your grandchildren, nieces. Go away, they said. She's bothering us with all of her begging. And that, you know, here we go. Here's a lot of religious people. Be quiet. This is not the time. This is not right. This is not it. And you see that all throughout the Bible. They're always like worried they're going to disturb the master. But that he's always like, no, bring them to me. Like, this is why I'm here on earth. This is what, you know, this is my purpose here on earth. And they said, go away. She's, she's just bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, isn't it right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs? She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. So let's look at the first problem here. This woman was a Gentile woman. Okay. So it was very clear here in the Bible that Jesus was sent and coming to the sheep of Israel. You can see that there because it says in verse 24 that he's there to help God's lost sheep. So, you know, she's not a descendant of Abraham. She's not a recipient of the law. That mom, desperate mom, didn't fall into any of that category. Did not fall for that. She was Gentile. She was second in line. She was not looked upon like the Jews. And so... Look at verse 23. I'm going to give you three opportunities because look what I, look the definition that I said course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So here's going to be three oppositions that she had an opportunity to get offended, to get offended. So this is Jesus. This isn't like, you know, <laughs> People get so easily offended at everybody. Their pastor said something they didn't like in a certain tone and their mom or dad, you know, their friend said something and then they get offended and lose out on stuff. So this lady by Jesus himself set, did three things that was going to give this lady an opportunity to not get her miracle for her daughter. But a desperate mom stuck it through and showed persistence. So verse 23, but Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. He ignored this woman. This lady is crying out, oh Lord, son of David, help me. Like when a mother cries out in desperation, there's a certain tone. There's a certain desperation in the voice. There's a certain like, I will do anything, please. 
heal my child. Please heal my child. And I know sometimes that might be you watching. You've gone through something, you're going through something, even with your own children, with a friend, with a family member, and you're the person right now that's going, oh, please, God, please, do you not hear me? Oh, son of David, do you not hear that I'm asking you, please heal, please touch, please restore my child, my situation, my marriage, my family, my children? And he... (laughs) I laughed when I read this because it's like he didn't even answer her. There was not even a word. Zilch. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. No response. Imagine like him just looking at you like, "Um, I'm sorry, who are you? Not even a word. First opportunity to be offended. But what did she do? Nope. She pressed through. She stayed in perseverance. She persisted to go after because she knew. When I wrote this down today, it like really got me because when you, when you look at the, the two other offenses that uh, I'm going to bring up to you here, it's like she, she cared not about who she was or wasn't. Look at this. She didn't care who she was or wasn't in that moment. She knew who Jesus was and that was enough. She knew who the man sitting in front of her was and that's all that mattered. It didn't matter that he didn't respond at first. It didn't matter that uh, he di- he, it said that not even a word came out of his mouth. Look at the second offense, verse 24. Then Jesus spoke to her and this is what he said. So when he finally did speak to this woman, it wasn't, it was an offense. But look at, look at, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Meaning I wasn't here. I wasn't sent to save you. I was sent for the Jews. And you know what? Here's number two, round two for an opportunity for her to be offended for her to lose her persistent, turn around and walk away and say, well, that's not the man who I thought it was, or, you know, the stories that I've heard, you know, they didn't have the Bible then that way. So it's like, well, the stories that I've heard around town, the stories I've heard around the the villages, maybe he's really not the Messiah. Maybe he's really not, you know, the King of Kings, the King of the Jews, and and can do all these miracles that I've heard you know, clean the, clear the leper skin and heal eyes and, and open ears and raise people from the dead. Maybe that's really not, maybe that's really not him and walk away or be offended and get mad and be like, you know, what most people do. They'll be like, screw you, pretty much. I mean, that I, I didn't have any other thing in my head to say. That's all I had. I was trying to filter. Nothing else came out. <laughs> I really did. I tried. But that's just what was the clearest thing because I feel like sometimes when you say stuff like that, it, just, it shocks you because you're like, oh my gosh, imagine saying like, screw you to Jesus. But the thing is, when people act like that and do things like that and don't receive the blessings of God when they're a child of God, that's like slapping him in the face and saying, you know, what you did on the cross really doesn't matter. You should have just, you know, whatever, gone on and not done it. So when you don't receive the things that your Heavenly Father have given to you, it is like slapping him in the face and saying, screw you. 
You know, you did all that for nothing. And so that it has to be a shocking wake up moment. Like you throw cold water on your face in the morning or when you're least expecting it to be like, yeah, that really does pertain to that. That really does make it look like that. When I think this way, when I say certain things that go against God's word, when I don't receive and I feel like, you know, maybe I'm not worthy to get what God has for me or I'm not good enough or I've done too many bad things. And that's that's not his word at all. That's not the case. And so this woman has a second opportunity to be offended. She's a Gentile and he wasn't sent for her is pretty much what he's saying. Okay. So the third one is verse 26. Here Jesus responds again. So one time he doesn't respond, she could have got offended. And the two times he did respond and open his mouth, both of them were harsh things to receive. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not part of that lineage, okay? And then the third one, I'm telling you, most people probably would have started, you know, throwing bows at this point. But he just called her a dog. I mean, nowadays, what people can hear that they're a dog, that they're nothing, that they're, you know, under the table, they're, they're where the dogs are, they're low, they're nothing. And yet, because of what I said, she didn't care about who she was or wasn't. She knew, she knew who Jesus was and that was enough. That was all she needed to know. It had nothing to do about who she was, who she wasn't. She didn't care about knowing that. She just needed to know who Jesus was. And that was enough for that situation. To hear those things and never get offended and stay persistent and to stay pushing through. It's like um, I was thinking yesterday when I was on, on my walk in the morning of like a football team and that big heavy weighted thing that's on the field that they have to run at and like try to move down down the football field but it's like really weighted so sometimes they can move it or sometimes it's more like them pushing their weight against it and that's like what we have to do we have to be persistent in what what God has said for us what he's promised to given us as children of God what you know there's times where we've had a vision of something and it could come to pass in years from the time that you've had a vision of it but you have to understand and know how you know trust works and what the word of god says and so here it says isn't it right it, oh it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs so here's the children of the jews and he's calling her a dog and yet she comes back with a mind-blowing response she comes back with seriously it blows my mind because you you see how touchy people are right now it's like cancel culture we're literally canceling everything because everybody's offended about everything it's like you know carolyn don't wear yellow anymore because it offends asians see that's like how the world works right now we've gotten rid of syrup because it offends certain races and it's like it's the most ridiculous thing. Cancel culture is so absurd, it's so made up, and it's this young generation who doesn't know anything about anything. And so you have to get past that 
I need to cancel everything. I need to be offended by everything. And seriously, if so, you're somebody that's watching this who's easily offended about everything, you really need to study out this woman and get that same and get that same uh, persistence and built up against offense because offense is from the enemy. It came from Satan when he the reason why he fell from heaven. It's a nasty root. It's a nasty seed. It won't get your prayers answered. It won't, your, your body will not, not receive healing. When you need a miracle and you're going to walk in offense, you're going to be sick for a long time. You can't walk in unforgiveness and offense and think that, you know, God's going to answer your prayers. And that's all throughout the Bible. That will have to be another uh, broadcast for another day. But that is how it operates. And she would never have received her daughter's miracle if she didn't. So look, she paved the way. It wasn't even for her. It was the heart of a mother. It was I need. So, so look, just look at that for an example. What she stood for, what she per persevered for, what she pressed in for. The person next to her, her daughter, the person that needed it, got what they needed, got the miracle from God. Because here he is throwing dogs and her reply is, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. And he was so impressed, so impressed that he said to her, you have great faith. You have great faith. Her perseverance her persistence in this situation gave her great faith. It activated for, hey, I had three times that the Lord, one, he didn't talk to me. He ignored me, my request. Two, he, he, he tried to get out of it twice. <laughs> and he said offensive things. And she still persevered. And she still pressed in. And with that, he said, listen, that is what caught my attention. Your great faith is what caught my attention. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. He said, wait, hold on. I didn't even see anybody, but who touched me? And it was her faith, the virtue he felt go out of his body because of her faith. Your faith, your perseverance to what you're believing God for, what you're standing in for for another family member, what you're trying to change within your own life is going to activate great faith inside of you. It's going to activate great. It, it, it can't do anything but activate great faith inside of you. It's not like here, try it. If it doesn't work, move on. It's no, be persistent. Show your, your, your perseverance in the word of God and what you're sticking with and what you're praying for. You know, it says in, um, uh, you know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying. Don't stop praying. And that's what you have to do. You have to be persistent. And you don't make your prayer time a begging time. That's, it's not a beg time. It's not, Lord, here's my checklist. He, he does want to know what you want, and he does want to hear from you. But that's not what every prayer is supposed to be. And every time you're before the Lord, it's like, God, I have these boxes I need you to check off. Please check them off now. You know, it's been forever or, you know, whatever you're believing God for. And sometimes, you know, isn't on our 
time frame. It doesn't mean that he's not going to answer you, and it doesn't mean it's not going to be taken care of. Um, and Luke 11, uh, let me start with 5. Uh, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for a friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who who ask him. So in this, uh, what is it, like seven verses, uh, you see that persistence, shameless persistence, and that's what the woman, the Gentile woman had, shameless, okay? Shameless persistence. She sat at the feet of Jesus where literally the dogs were, not at the table, not next to the master, not at the head of the table. She was a nobody and shameless perseverance. Persistence got her what she was asking God for. So you have to think today, you know, especially with the way this world is going, all this mayhem, all these lies, who can you trust? What can I do? What's going on? What what would what is going to cause your per- persistence to be dwindled down? Are you really going to believe the report of ugh, ugh, the news? Are you really going to believe it? Are you going to believe what these evil men and women have? You know, they have they don't even know you, right? Like they can't see into your TV screen and they're not looking at you at your couch, so they don't even know you. You are nothing to these people of the world. They don't care about your well-being. They don't care if you're alive or dead. You are literally a guinea pig to these men and women of this world. But yet, you are a child of God to your heavenly Father, for those who are believers, okay? So you have a, a, a heavenly Father who knows your name, who knows how many hairs are on your head, who died so you can live free from sickness, from, free from poverty, free from anxiety and fear. You had someone die on the cross who has, you know, in John 14, 27, given you a literal gift of peace so you can walk in. And then this is the person that we're having trust issues with. And yet we're trusting in man. We're trusting in what this world um, let me see who wrote that real quick, Tiff. Who was that that wrote that? Oh, Caitlin, I love you. She wrote, in case you needed confirmation that someone needed to hear this today, I'm one of those ones that needed it. Well, you know what, Caitlin? We all need it because I need it too. That's why we continually dig into the Word of God every day because 
I have to tell myself, if I ever get tired or ever feel like, you know, <laughs> thrown in the towel or just given up, I have to remember these stories too. I have to remember what she went through, what it was like that her shameless perseverance got what she wanted. So there's so many of you that are watching this that have possibly believed the report of this world or uh, you're kind of like, I kind of do, but I'm not really sure. And, and like I said, you've got a heavenly father who, who, who formed you in the womb. That's what you have to think. It's like he knows you so well. He's created your innermost being. He, he's put you on this earth for a purpose. And nobody should be able to take that away from you. No one should be able to uh, keep your faith from growing. That's why we have to set aside the news. We have to, you know, and everyone's saying that. Don't listen to the news. But it's like... <laughs> We have to really stop listening to the news and stop listening to reports. And just because you get a bad report, you get a bad notification from the doctor, you get something bad from, you know, a company in the mail, you get something bad, it doesn't mean that it's not a fact. It, it could vary. What they're saying is something you could have or something that your family member is going through. It's not that it's not a fact. Faith deals with it. Faith goes after it. Faith demolishes it. Faith, act, you're, act, you're activating your faith to take control of the situation. And the word of God becomes your truth. The word of God becomes what you live by. It's your life's manual. And so just like this mother had this faith for her daughter, it wasn't even for herself. She was willing to stay persistent. She was willing to brush a fence off. She was willing to be ignored. She was willing to be shameless and sit on the floor and be like, listen, if it means I have, I have to be down here with the animals, anything, Lord, anything that you could throw my way, that's what she thought, anything that you could throw my way is a million times better than what I have right now. Even if it was a tiny crumb, I'll take whatever because I know what's inside of you, Lord. I know that power that's inside of you and the stories that I've heard has built my faith. Just think of it. She thought anything, even if it was a crumb, was better than what she was going through. She believed that just the smallest amount was going to be able to take care of her daughter. She didn't care. She was willing to hear some hard things, to be persistent and get what she came for. And that's what we have to live like as Christians. We have to be persistent. We have to get what, we're, what, what, what we came for. We have to get it. Jesus came. He died on the cross. He gave us all power. He went up to heaven and he said, listen, I want you to do greater works. I'm giving you the power. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose on this earth until I return. So let's get to work. So you know what? We have to set aside any, you know, any thoughts of I'm not worthy. That woman could have said that, right? I'm not worthy. I'm not even part of this group. 
Sometimes people are like that. Well, I'm not really part of this group. How about this one? The things I've done in my past, you know, God's good to me right now, and that's probably just all I deserve, all I need. You know, I'm alive. I wake up, I breathe every day, but I can't possibly live in the fullness of joy. I can't possibly live in the blessings and you know, the richness of God. I can't possibly live uh, not struggling every day and having something happen to me because, you know, all those tests and all those struggles are a testimony for me. And if I don't go through a whole bunch of things, how on earth would I ever preach the goodness of God and his word? I don't know. You know, that, that's the kind of things that you hear all the time. Like, I have to have a struggle and I have to go through something and I have to experience sickness or I have to experience something to be able to identify so I can then proclaim his goodness. That doesn't even make sense. Why can't I identify with the word of God? Why can't I experience the Holy Spirit and the power and the fire to have what God said I can have? Why, why not look at it that way? And so that, I mean, that's really what the point I wanted to get across today was it's midweek, you know, we've had the first three days of the week. Sometimes you, we get that word on Sunday and we're all revved up and we're ready to go. And then by Wednesday, you know, and not all the time, every, every church has a midweek service or you can't always make it. You know, you get out of work late or you, you work far away and, you know, different schedules and different things going on. I get that. But we're not leaving it to the church to just fill us up. We have to get our words throughout the week. We have to spend time in prayer, spend time fasting, spend time in his presence, spend time worshiping the God, God throughout the day. It's our job to take what we have on Sunday, to take it from that boost and stay on a high and keep going. Not wait till our fuel level is low and then, and then wait till we're on E and filling up the tank because then it's always a little bit, you know, slower to get back going. Let's keep the fuel always filled, always at the top. So when something comes up, not even in our own lives, just like this lady, she was, you know, fighting for her daughter, if we're fighting for a friend or a loved one, a mother, a father, grandparents, you know, we're standing in prayer for them, we're believing for miracles, we're praying for people. We have to be persistent. Christians, we have to be persistent in trusting the word of God, knowing that what he says is going to come to pass, knowing who he is, knowing that he is a good father. That's what I just read in Luke. If you have to, you know, a lot of those verses are always like quoted, but I don't think people really like go back and read and highlight and like really take it in because he is a good father. He just wants to heal you. He just wants you to live exactly the way the word of God says. He just wants you to live in joy and peace and love and strength. But we have to activate our faith. We have to activate our faith because he's done everything that he's going to do for us. Now, it, this is our opportunity to tap in to the goodness and what he has for us. And that is by activating our faith. And so one way to activate your faith is staying persistent, staying you know, I'm pushing in, I'm going for it, I'm not letting go of what God has for me, for my kids, for my house. It doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter if the world is literally going to hell in a handbasket around me. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing what they say. 
I'm not being a part of it. I'm that city set on a hill. I'm that light. And that's how I'm going to be. And so when I pray for you today, if you're not somebody that feels like they have the strength to be um, persistent, to uh, feel like, you know, I need, I need a boost in my faith, then receive this message that I, I, I spoke on today. And I really encourage you to go back and read the story. And, you know, obviously it's listed in all the Gospels, but I really liked how Matthew put it. It really just made it clear in Matthew 15. I have it all marked up in Mark because in Mark, <laughs> when I read this story, I actually have different notes than I do in Matthew on it. Because you can get different messages out of different stories all throughout the Bible. So like in Mark on this story, um, my notes to myself in there are is on how faith uh, moves time. So that's what I got out of Mark when I read that is how this woman's faith uh, changed the time and course of what was going on. In Matthew, I liked how it's written because it shows the three offenses. It sticks them out plainly. He ignored her. He said, I didn't come for you and you're a dog. And so she had, <laughs> she had three opportunities uh, in the NLT, in the word of God, to lose out on her miracle, to lose out on what, you know, she trusted that God had for her. And, um, but if there's any notes that you had to take today, the main two sentences would be that I actually put in bold in my notes because it stuck out to me was, she didn't care about who she was or wasn't. Okay, you guys have to remember this. She didn't care about who she was or wasn't. She knew who Jesus was and that was enough. She knew who the master was and that's all that mattered. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for each and every person watching. Thank you for everyone that's listening on the replay or watching on the replay. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that a new strength and boldness comes inside of them, that if they're feeling weary and weak, uh, maybe they feel like they've lost a fight, the enemy has come against them, that I, I just command a new wisdom and revelation of the word that's going to rise up inside of them, that when they read the word of God, their spirit man is strengthened with a new boldness, that the Holy Spirit speaks out of their mouth, they're confessing the word, they're praying, they're filling themselves up. Father God, the fire that's inside of us is caused to burn up everything that's not sent from you, sickness, uh, bondage to addiction and disease and fear and anxiety. It can't stay in our uh, atmosphere today. It can't stay in our body. It can't stay in our mind. Father God, I pray that the, the, the perseverance that I talked about today in our uh, scripture is jolted, is like a lightning bolt struck into everyone's spirit to rise up to keep going, to know that they're on the brink of their miracle. We are one prayer away from a miracle that we have to just keep pursuing God's word, keep pursuing uh, what you've said, what we can trust your word with. We're, we're gonna pursue it in faith. 
We're never going to doubt. I, I command all doubt and worry to, to run out in the name of Jesus. We're not going to doubt your word. We're not going to listen what men of this world and women of this world have for us because we already know who wins. We already have the answers and we have our life's manual here in front of us that you've given to us. Uh, thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. Uh, give me, I guess Ted does his fire emojis, but give me all your emojis and thank you for agreeing with me. Yes, that's right, Karen. We are one prayer away, one prayer away. Cause you think about the boldness that that woman had to even approach the table to even, you know, the disciples are pushing her away. They're saying, ugh. You know, and, and that's what happens. We have those people in the world. We ha even have those people, some of those people are in our friendship group. That's like, oh, no, no, no. Jesus is too busy. He's over there healing all the people that have cancer or the ones that are dealing with COVID. He's over there. So your situation is no big deal to him. And just stop bothering. Just, you know what, deal with it. Just deal with it. And when something gets worse or something gets on a level eight versus a level three, you know, then, then approach the master. No, he is your heavenly father. Just like my kids have the right and they do even when it's rude and it's wrong, <laughs> they walk right up to dad and interrupt and say, hey, I need this, dad, please, dad, can I have this? And you know what? And that's what we have to do. We have a right to approach our heavenly father. It doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter who your earthly parents are, it doesn't matter. You have a right to approach your heavenly father and be like, listen, Lord, shameless persistence like listened in, listed in Luke. This is what I'm asking for and here's my faith. I'm watering it with my confession and I'm activating it with my faith and my perseverance and I'm gonna get what I receive. Amen? Amen. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, that's right, Kaylin. She says, my kids don't think twice and that's true. But we always hesitate to go to our father. We're always like, well, you know, he's got other things and bigger things too. You know, I really feel like people think that they categorize and list their issues on like levels. And so it's like, to me, I look at a cold like I would look at the most world's deadliest disease. In God's mind, they're not any different. They're not like one's hard, one's not so hard. This one needs my attention first, this one doesn't. We think like that. Humans think like that. God does not think like that. And so we have to get that mindset off because that will kill our persistence. That will kill if we're gonna push and persevere and, and be persistent about a situation, that mindset will kill it immediately. And so remember, your persistence will activate your faith. And by the time you're done with your situation, um, Jesus will say, well done. Well done, Karen. Well done, Mary Beth and Lynn and Walk by Faith. You have showed me great faith. Miracle, bam, done. So don't give up. Stay persistent. Keep pushing in. You're, you're so close. You're so close to what 
receiving what now you say, you know, oh, I've been believing. I, some people wrote that for like 20 years and this and that. But let me tell you, over the 20 years, have you been per- persistent? Have you been consistent in your confession? Have you been watering the right thing? Or has it been like a roller coaster? And, and thank God for his mercy and grace. But let's stay on a one-track mind because we know in James, because that's one of the things some ladies have written today. Well, I've been believing this for a long time. Let's continue in James. It says, we can't go up and down like a wave of the ocean. We won't get what we're asked for if it's like, you know, you get with this group of people and they build your faith up. And then all of a sudden you've met this group of people and they're like, well, it's not really for today. And God kind of heals. Maybe he's just like teaching you a lesson. And then all of a sudden you have a mindset for five years on this way. And then you're like, well, I'm going to get in this uh, uh, group of listenings. You know, that's why there's lots of good preachers out there, but you don't need to be listening to everyone, whether they're, they're, you know, great. It doesn't mean they're for you or does it mean, you know, you can have too many voices going into your ear gate. So for me, you know, there are, I don't, there's lots of great preachers out there, <laughs> but there are, I will say a handful, a core, and I don't even know if it's going to fill up five. I would say, yeah, I would fill up five that are going to be the key people that speak in my life. So it doesn't mean this person that my best friend listens to is bad. It's just these are going to be the voices that are coming into my life and coming in because you can have way too many and then you get off a little bit. So don't be like, I've been believing this for 20 years. I believe in this for 10 years. I believe in this for five months and it doesn't work. It works. Activate your faith. Stay persistent. Push in and you'll see that you're going to get what God um, has for you and what you're believing for. That's right. Hey, Susan. Yep. Too many voices cause confusion. And that's true. So I love you guys. Gina, can you go up just a, a little bit, Tiff, just so I can see you. Uh, Shelly, you're welcome. Lynn, I love you guys so much. That's right. Push through, never give up. There's no option but God. And that's right. Thank you guys for watching today. I'll be back on Friday with Carolyn's giveaways. So I'm excited to um, give you guys something and we'll have another word before we end the weekend. Uh, This Saturday we take off, we're heading to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So if you are anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania in your summer with us, we're gonna be there from Sunday through Friday. Uh, Then Friday the 13th, I'm at, oh, that's Friday the 13th. (laughs) I am, going to be at Chick Church with Pastor Joey and the girls of L Ministries. And then um, starting Sunday the 15th, we're gonna be doing revival services still at Champion. So you got two chances to be with us in the next two weeks. We got Lancaster, Pennsylvania and Washington, Pennsylvania. And I hope to see your faces there. I love you guys. Have a wonderful Wednesday and I'll see you on Friday.